Hello, friends. Welcome, and thanks for listening to the Hillcrest Covenant Church podcast. This week, Associate Pastor Bill Orris spoke out of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. As we celebrate Pentecost, we recognize how much we need the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. And if we look closely at our faith, we can see the signs of the Spirit's work and power. Remember, you can watch our live stream that happens Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., or you can find us at hookrestacalb.com. Grace and peace. Have you ever run out of gasoline in your car? Oh, listen to Jill. Nope. Nope. Well, now you don't have to worry about it with your electric car there. Just one day, I hope he forgets to plug it in. Or <laughs> care, maybe just let me in the house and I'll just surreptitiously unplug it. <laughs> I push the limit all the time when that light goes on. I've even tried to see how many miles I could get when the light goes on. Have you ever tried that? See, that's right. I try the same thing. Right, Stephanie? We're not weirdos. I push it. I've seen I've gone 25, 30 miles. It drives Lisa batty. My wife, Lisa, she cannot stand it. Then it starts blinking. Um, I got my haircut uh, on Thursday, and my uh, Aggie said to me, she said, Pastor Bill, I just saw a bumper sticker driving here because she said I had to stop and get gas. <laughs> I said, really? She said the bumper sticker was this little stick man pulling the needle back, just pulling that needle back. We push it. We push it all the way to the limit. When I pastored at Crossroads Covenant Church in Forest Lake, Minnesota, I was driving out the parking lot, and there were these two college students, and they were there, and I waved at them, and they kind of waved at me like this, and I'm looking at the car, and the car looks brand new, and they just have this weird smile on their face, so I did a U in the parking lot and went back. I said, how you guys doing? They said, oh, we're fine. They're just leaning on the car, and I said, hey, Nate, is that a new car? He said, yes, Pastor Bill. I said, it looks really nice. I said, yeah. I said, why don't you take me out on a spin? He said, well, and I looked at him, and I said, you ran out of gas, didn't you? He said, yes. First day coming to church with my new car. And I said, what else is wrong? He said, well, I didn't want you to come here because I knew it'd be a sermon illustration. <laughs> how many of us push things to the limit? And yet, how many of us try to do things on our own power without a power of God dwelling within us? We try to do things on our own, and we wonder why we're really not going anywhere, or that we're running on empty all the time. Sadder yet, there are followers of Jesus Christ who are not experienced life filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit of God, because we've all done it, yours truly, on our own, instead of let God take us. Author and writer, Pastor Chuck Swindoll said this, even though every Jesus follower has the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within them, it is possible to operate our lives apart from his control. Even though we have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within us, we said yes to Jesus, it's possible to live our lives apart from his control.
If you and I were to take a spiritual breathalyzer test this morning, a spiritual breathalyzer test, would the needle just indicate that you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, that he's moving and working in your life and mine, or are we running it on our own power? The early church, the very first century church, followers of Jesus, that passage that you heard that Pastor Jen read, um, they had no buildings. <laughs> they had no electricity. They had no budgets. They brought in all their finances together. They had no programs. They all operated on the power of the Holy Spirit. Every single day they relied on the Holy Spirit. And later on in that chapter, God added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit moved and worked among them. And on that day of Pentecost, 5,000 people came to faith in Jesus Christ as they heard the name of Jesus, as they heard the gospel in their own language as they came to Jerusalem on that day. Lives were changed every single day as that church. And yet, in churches today, across America, we continue to see decline. We continue to see people wanting nothing to do with the church because the church is known for what it's against instead of what it's for. Amen? We should be known what we're for, and yet the church is part of the culture today instead of standing out and says, Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit wants to move and work in your life and my life and welcomes you. Jesus invites us to his table because he doesn't judge us. That's the power of the church. And when the table's not long enough, he makes it bigger. This morning, we're going to look at a very interesting passage that talks about being filled with the Spirit and asking what are we really filled with. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5 verses 18 through 20 on your app or right here. It's going to be right here on the screen uh, with us. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to take notes, there's space on the back. I believe the theme that comes from this passage of Scripture is this. Choose to be Spirit-filled. Choose to be Spirit-filled. Number one, not drunk by drinking. <laughs> not drunk by drinking. Now listen, the consumption of alcohol is not a sin. It's not. People can drink, but just like in everything, in moderation. The Bible does warn us against the drinking, uh, the dangers of drinking too much, and the abuse. It was a problem back then, and it's a problem today. It leads to debauchery. It's a big Greek word. It literally means um, it ruins your life. Um, 
The same word, the adverb, is used in the story of the prodigal son that went away and wasted everything, wasted his whole life. It means wasteful living. It's the same word. Does that make sense? Wasteful living. Not just with alcohol. It's with anything to an excess. You following me there? The word means anything to excess. The Greek word is even used in sexual excess, drunkenness, materialism, you following me? Same word. In classical Greek, this word signified extravagant squandering of money and of our physical appetites. If we are to walk and live as wise followers of Jesus, we're to avoid wasteful indulgences. I looked up in the uh, Life Recovery Bible um, in the New Living Translation, and this is what it says. I like this translation. The title over this passage is this, Living by the Spirit's Power. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but act like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these terrible days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. Our society today has the notion that to have fun that we have to go overboard. We have to have overindulgence. We call it Super Bowl Sunday, right? World Series party, hockey, the NBA finals are coming up. I could hardly get through Costco because it's Memorial Day. You getting my point? People pushing out not only their carts, but the long ones just filled with stuff, right? Overindulgence. Do we really need all that stuff? but we live that way. And we think that we have to drink to have fun. I grew up, I'm an adult child, I'm an alcoholic. I grew up in an alcoholic home, and let me tell you, it was not fun. There was physical and verbal abuse all the time. Then we went to weddings, and oh my goodness. And if you grew up in a home like that, that there was... Weddings that everyone thought they were going to have fun at weddings because they just drank and drank and drank and drank. And before you know it, there were fights and arguments. No moderation at all. And now I'm serving at a chaplain at a recovery center that I've been doing for two and a half years. And I watch my sisters and brothers that cannot drink at all. And they're just as normal as us. Amen? Because I'm not okay and... And it's okay not to be okay. Only by God's grace and mercy. Some of you struggle, well, it's a disease and it's a choice. Well, it's both. It's actually both. So, uh, Paul says, what are we to be filled with? And he says, be filled with the Spirit. As Sean said, we look for things to satisfy us. And they don't. So he says, be filled with the Spirit. What's interesting in verse 18, the filling is a choice. You have to choose. When we asked for the Holy Spirit, we invited him to come. It's our choice to be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He only goes where he's invited. 
You invite him to come. It's a present passive ending. We have to let the Holy Spirit fill us. We choose to be filled. When you said yes to Jesus, you were baptized with the Holy Spirit of God. It's an ongoing daily thing saying, Holy Spirit, that today I take this step and ask you to fill me. That your fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control will be a part of my life today. But if we're honest about this, when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, we tend to get the weebie-jeebies. We have no problem when the Bible says that people are filled with grief, filled with knowledge, filled with sadness, but when it comes to being filled with the Spirit, we think, oh my goodness, that's a certain segment of Christianity. That's the Pentecostals. Our sisters and brothers, right? Uh, charismatic. Do you know what the word charismatic means? Everyone here in this room that has said yes to Jesus is charismatic. It means grace gifts. You have gifts given to you by the Holy Spirit, but you think... Most of us think, well, it's only this portion, portion of Christianity. No, every single one of us, we are filled. Christ is the fullness of God who fills all things. Believers are to know the love of Christ in order to be filled to the fullness of God. Christ ascends in order to fill all things. And followers of Jesus are to attain the whole measure as we, as we surrender our lives to be filled by Christ. Professor at North Park Theological Seminary, Klein Snodgrass, said this, Fullness expresses unity with the triune God and the completion of God's salvation. The call to be filled with the Holy Spirit is a call to live in that unity and the wholeness of life which God calls us. As followers of Jesus, we must allow ourselves to be in a place where the presence and the fullness of God are in our lives, that we're open to him. The Spirit's role cannot be overemphasized. Listen to this. For Christianity is a religion of the Spirit. All we have and are are a result of His work. The Spirit is not an option or an add-on, a second work of grace or a privilege of the elite. Rather, the Holy Spirit is an agent of God's work in the world and is both the source and proof of our conversion as followers of Jesus. To be in Christ and to be in the Spirit are virtually the same. In fact, the Spirit is the presence of Jesus within every believer. When was the last time you and I asked, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me today. That it'll be less of me, more of you because we have been filled with other things, whether it's wine, drugs, alcoholism, pornography, the internet, overindulgence of food, overindulgence of TV. Do you get my point? It's debauchery. It leads. It leads to death. Finally, we're not to be drunk by drinking, but thankful by singing. Thankful by singing. Look in verse um, 19. Verse 19. It's one long sentence. This is whole one long sentence in the original language. 
And don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to Him. These are five participles that all describe uh, their verbs describing the noun of the Holy Spirit, and they're all action words. And three of them have to do with singing. Made my day. <laughs> three of the five have to do with singing. Praising God, giving thanks to God. Speaking to one another in psalms. It's singing the Old Testament. When you read the psalms, they're all songs. In hymns, those are written by first century Christians that exalted Jesus. In spiritual songs, that represents spontaneous singing in the Spirit. You're inspired by the Holy Spirit. It comes from our heart because you and I are filled with the Spirit. So in the middle of a song, you could sing. Right? That sometimes you hear Joel just singing other words that aren't on the screen. <gasps> it's okay, right? That it comes from within. You're invited to stand up without being invited to stand up. Do you understand? That in the middle of how great thou art, I couldn't sit down any longer. I don't have to wait till Joel invites me to stand up. But yet, the culture of the church, at times, we can't do anything unless the leader tells us, no, the Holy Spirit's moving within you. Stand up. Sit down. Kneel. Feel free to raise your hand or not. But if you get that nudge, did you hear what Pastor Jen said? Mm, our controlling takes over. And we ignore the gentle nudge. Be spontaneous. It's not a Bill, extrovert, Pastor Bill crazy thing, me waving my hands. Spiritual songs, it's spontaneity that comes within because the joy just overflows from you. Just hit me this morning, Joel, when we sang Holy Spirit. I had to write it down. I've tasted and seen the sweetness of your love and my shame is undone. Did you hear that when we sang that? And we're like, oh my goodness, I could have stopped right in the middle of the song. It's the Spirit speaking right as he leads us in worship. It's like, oh God. Singing has two audiences. We sing to one another. Full transparency, that's why I turn around and look at you. Clearly, singing has two audiences. We sing to one another. And I smile at you. Some of you smile back. I just go. <laughs> Even when you know the words, we stay glued to that. And the other audience that we sing to is Jesus. We sing to him. Sing to the Lord as a way of offering praise and thanks to him with our whole heart, our whole being. We give everything. Listen to this out of a covenant hymnal. Singing was very prominent in the services of the early evangelical covenant church. 
The whole congregation would join in unaffected and beautiful songs which were willingly led by sisters and brothers who had the gift of leading music. At the conclusion of the sermon, it seemed as if the singing would not end. Shall I repeat that? Oh no, well we have to go. I'm running to a game. A verse or perhaps only a refrain would be repeated again and again and again. Did you hear that? Until the words were impressed upon our minds and joy stood high on the ceiling. C.M. Youngquist, early covenant pastor. Oh, let your soul now be filled with gladness, your heart redeemed. Rejoice indeed. Oh, may the thought banish all your sadness that in Jesus' blood you have been freed, that God's unfailing love is yours, that you the only son were given, that by his death he has opened heaven, that you are ransomed as you are. If you seem empty of any feeling, rejoice you are his ransom bride. If those you cherish seem not to love you and dark assails you from every side, still yours the promise, come what may, in loss and triumph and laughter and crying, in want and riches and living and dying, that you are purchased just as you are. It is good and a good transcending that Jesus has died for you and me. It is a gladness that has no ending. They're in God's wondrous love to see. Praise be to you, O spotless lamb, who through the desert my soul are leading to that fair city of joy exceeding for which you bought me as I am. Amen. That's Jesus. That's singing from a heart filled in the midst of pain and grief wherever you are. That you're filled with the Spirit of God. Dr. Klein says this. While emotions are always involved in spirituality, being spiritual does not depend on a level of emotional feeling. Did you hear that? Good reminder for all of us. Me. Emotionalism is an error. But we need emotion and passion in our worship and lives. Without emotion, we are not human. We need both peace and passion, both to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God and discipled by Jesus. Spirituality is the cause of our singing. It's not the result. Paul ends in verse 20 saying, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus to Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, to God, our Father. We are called to give thanks for everything. Now, when the Bible says, excuse me, um, all, we have to remember what that word all means, okay? <laughs> 
It's not all circumstances all the time. We have to ask if, it's, if there's a qualification there when we hear the word all. You with me? Because it says, give thanks in all things. Paul's intent that we are not to be thankful for evil or for tragedy. Many of us in this room have experienced tragedy in our lives personally and tragic deaths of loved ones. Lisa and I FaceTimed our grandsons Micah and Malachi. We try every week. I would like to do it every day. And I was FaceTiming them. I just saw their face and I saw their mother Kira. And she tragically died five months ago. I am not giving thanks for that. I will never give thanks for that. But I thank God for her life and that she loved Jesus and she's with him. And that I see her in my grandsons. Rather, we are to live our awareness that in all of life, even in the tragedies we live under his control in relationship to him that's what it means in everything to give thanks how are you doing today what's filling your life what's filling the life of our church hmm. are we open to the presence of the Holy Spirit and we invite him to come and move his ways he wants to move even when it makes us uncomfortable. That I want us to be a church that we are welcome and opening to all people that they will see Jesus in you and in me. Choose this day to be filled by him. Invite him to come. Fill me so that others see you, Jesus. As I came over here, I grabbed my red stole for red for the colors, Pastor Jen said, representing the tongues of fire for Pentecost. And on it, it says, Come, Holy Spirit. May you and I begin our days and end our days and in the middle of our days inviting the Holy Spirit to come and to fill you and to fill me. Amen? Amen. We praise you and thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are truly welcome in my life, in our lives, as we invite you to come. Forgive us, Lord, when we've gotten in the way Forgive us when we've choose, chosen to fill our lives with other things, preoccupied over so many things. Thank you for it's your kindness that leads us to change. And thank you, Jesus, that you love us, you don't judge us, you give us second chances and 59 chances. You never give up on us. May we not give up on ourselves as we surrender ourselves to you, Father, Son, and Spirit. And all of God's children said, amen and amen. Will you stand with me?